Welcome to Sharp Talk, the regular podcast of eSharp magazine. Go to eSharp.eu for free access to all our podcasts to date. This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Michael Rich. Michael is the president and CEO of RAND Corporation. And full disclosure at the outset, I'm a member of RAND Europe's council, which Michael chairs. Michael, we're going to talk about truth decay, uh, a very interesting phrase that, that you've coined at, at, at RAND. So let's start with the, the basics. Define what is truth decay. Well, by truth, we're referring to uh, uh, facts and uh, objective analysis, the results of objective analysis. And truth decay describes in general a collection of trends that has resulted in the diminishing role of facts and analysis in public life, at least in the United States. Okay, and you have a... You have a report out, which has recently been published by RAN. That's a, one, a report that you've, you've sort of self-commissioned. You haven't waited for an external client to commission it for you. That's, that correct? Cor- that's correct. Uh, we were lucky enough to have several hundred donors, philanthropic-minded uh, individuals who contribute to RAND each year, and we use the proceeds, some of the proceeds from the unrestricted donations to underwrite the research and publication of the book. All right, so let's be clear. That, so the, the, the core definition of, of truth decay, it's much, we're not just, just talking about fake news, right? You have different subsets of a definition, so let's yeah. go through them briefly yes. one by one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's much broader than, than fake news. Um, there are four trends that uh, we've been tracking uh, that we believe began uh, well over 20 years ago that comprise truth decay. The first is a declining agreement in the United States about facts and the analytical interpretations of data. There are several examples in the book, just to give you one. uh, The public uh, belief in the uh, benefits and the safety of vaccines. Science has gotten stronger in that regard. Public opinion or public support uh, has gotten weaker. The second trend is a blurring of the line between facts and opinion. And you can see that almost any time you pick up a newspaper or tune into a news program on television. Uh, The third trend related to that is an explosion, a a dramatic increase in the quantity of opinion relative to fact. I like to point out that in the United States, when televised news went from about an hour a day to 24 hours a day, there wasn't a 24-fold increase in the amount of reportable fact. Most of that time was filled up by opinions and repetition of opinions. And then the fourth trend is a decline in public trust in institutions that have specialized in the provision of information, primarily government and media. And as I say, these trends have been um, at work for uh, over two decades, and the combination, the combined effects, uh, we call truth decay. Well, you talk about disagreement uh, around uh, facts, objective facts. Is there such a thing as an objective fact? Is there, can you have also different kinds of facts around the same issue? Well, there is sometimes uncertainty, uh, measurable uncertainty around facts, but we're talking about things that have either been observed, uh, can be replicated, um, those kinds of facts, objectively determined facts. And to what extent is this a relatively recent sort of cultural, societal, political phenomenon, or how how far back in history do we go to find 
versions of this kind of what we obviously wouldn't call it truth decay at the time, but th those kind of elements uh, appearing in, the, you know, in, in history? Well, it's a very good question. Uh, this um, is, is not without some precedent. We found three periods in American history since our Civil War, so roughly 150 to 160 years ago, uh, that bear some resemblance to the current period in the sense that we see evidence of at least three of the four trends that make up truth decay. We believe that this period is different, however, for at least two reasons. One is that we don't find evidence in the earlier periods of the disagreement about facts, the increasing disagreement about facts. We do see evidence of the other trends. The other difference, I think, is that the stakes um, are just much higher today. Right. If policymakers make a mistake, for example, they miss a, a, the existence of a contagion because of truth decay, why then that uh, the effects can spread around the world very rapidly, and that wasn't true in earlier periods. To what extent, and obviously your report is uh, as an uh, inevitable, maybe U.S. focus, but to what extent are the uh, the signs you've detected and uh, and, and diagnosed uh, resonate on this side of the Atlantic in Europe? Well, I'm glad you asked because I think it's important to point out that the the book itself, the report, is limited to the United States, and the evidence that we marshal is about the United States. However, since it's been published. Uh, I've had many people tell me that there are some um, uh, dramatic similarities uh, between the, the trends we noted in the United States and have documented and trends that others have observed, say, in Western Europe. We hope in our further research to document those as well. Obviously, the, the tech companies, especially those involved in platforms, are, are under the spotlight, under attack an awful lot, both on your side, Atlantic, uh, Michael, in the U.S., and here in Europe. Um, but I know that I recently published in e Sharp an article by two of your colleagues to, to making the case it's not just the, the tech companies that have to take responsibility. The, the consumer, the user, the individual has to take some kind of responsibility. How can that be done, though? I mean, how, how can the, res the individual be, be expected to take responsibility to discern you know, disinformation, for example, or opinion from fact, to use your phraseology? Well, let me, uh, let me uh, address that question by um, telling you what we believe the causes of truth decay. Are, and we've identified four that are fairly extensively documented in the report. The first, frankly, is just uh, some, some basic um, attributes of human uh, cognitive processing, the way humans okay. gather information and disseminate information. And that, of course, hasn't changed in recent years. That's, a, that's relatively constant over time. But there are three others that uh, are susceptible to improvement. Uh, one is a, um, the, the uh, vast changes in the information landscape, and uh, some of the ones that uh, you've covered, uh, the 24-7 news cycle, the um, growth of the internet, the um, advent of social media, and so on. At the same time, we have um, uh, the failure of our systems to educate people uh, and provide them with the skills to uh, process information in that vastly different landscape to tell the difference between fact and opinion, from accurate information, from inaccurate information, sound statistics, from misleading statistics, and so on. And the final cause is polarization. In the United States, we have not only political polarization, but also social and economic polarization that has, have, has given rise to and sustained echo chambers. So very possible to grow up, go to work, go to school, go to church, go to the gym, with people who are very similar ideologically mm. uh, uh, than, uh, uh, to, to, uh, 
to you. Uh, so the solution, we believe, um, has to um, address all of those causes, or as many as, uh, as possible. And that means not only um, solutions aimed at the information landscape, but solutions aimed at the consumer of information. So we're going to have to impart the skills to navigate through this very different information. And how do you impart those skills to navigate? Well, I think we have to teach uh, people techniques for distinguishing fact from opinion. Uh, we have to, in the era of big data, we have to impart not only critical thinking skills, but also the ability to interpret statistical observations. Uh, when, a statistic, when a statistic uh, is sound and when it's misleading. And um, it's not clear we know reliable ways yet to do that. Uh, there has to be some piloting and testing and evaluation. But I think it's, it's urgent because uh, there's going to be a limit to how much we're going to be able to rein in uh, the changes in the information landscape. I know, I know RAND is an apolitical, uh, nonpartisan organization. But let's try and talk about you know, how things have changed in, in political terms since the arrival of President Trump in the White House. I mean, is, was there a, not so much a tipping point, but an increased uh, focus on this phenomenon since uh, the new president's taken office? Um, it's a, uh, this is a set of trends that predate President Trump and in the United States cut across our different political parties. Um, sometimes I liken it to the challenge we have in improving our health care system. It's not going to be, that problem is not going to be solved by, the ch by change in the Surgeon General or a Cabinet uh, official. Uh, this is, uh, truth decay is a much deeper and wider phenomenon. And in terms of the media landscape, do you, do you detect any signs? I'm trying to look for kind of some positive, uh, optimistic signs coming out from this discussion, Michael. Do you see signs in, in terms of what's now called the mainstream media, the serious media, media that they are going through a new sort of lease of life? Because until recently, people were predicting the imminent demise of the media, right, for commercial, never mind readership reasons. Well, uh, back to the question of, uh, of optimism or pessimism. I'm not optimistic that this um, trend is going to correct by itself. But I think there is some reason for uh, optimism. One of the reasons that I prefer the term truth decay to another one like post-truth era or post-fact era is uh, that that's a description of an end state. And I don't actually right. think we've reached that end and it's, state. It's narrower definition maybe as well. It no? could be narrower, but uh, it, it also presupposes that we're at the end of the end state. I actually don't think we are because um, and and uh, Paul, you, you've had so much experience, you, you could check me on this, but in many walks of life, um, there's an increasing reliance on data and on facts, on more sophisticated analytical techniques, investing other aspects of business, certainly philanthropy, the military, um, even um, athletics, sports, uh, professional sports uses data. Uh, increasingly now. Uh, it's only in this one slice of society, an important slice, where the trends seem to be moving in the opposite uh, direction. So I do think that there is some reason for optimism. Now, getting to the media. Uh, in the past, uh, in the past in American history, in the in the periods where we've seen uh, some similar trends, one of the ways that uh, those periods ended was an increase in transparency in government, uh, 
uh, and a return to fact-based investigative journalism. And we are seeing signs of resurgence of, of that in, in at least some parts of the United States. And which people are prepared to pay for, right? Because as the media goes more and more online, people expect this kind of online presence to be also free, right, at well, the point it's, of entry. It's, it's not clear there's a sustainable business model for that kind of journalism anymore, so there's still more work to be done. Well, let's look at, but you've hinted at some, maybe some of the solutions, like more civic education, maybe at whatever uh, point in a yep. person's Me. life. Mm -hmm. But in terms of looking to the future, what do, what do you what do you hope to achieve with this report? It, it's quite a relatively recent um, re report. I'm, I think I'm right in saying it's available free to download, presumably via your website. Yes, correct. So Rand.org can be downloaded without any cost uh, for free. So you've, you've invested substantially in this report. You're not just going to leave it lying on a shelf somewhere. So what, what do you hope to achieve in, in starting a debate about this? Well, there was lots and lots of discussion swirling about aspects of this phenomenon. What we hope to accomplish is to, by providing providing a rigorous definition, a taxonomy of terms, a careful analytical framework that related causes to consequences, uh, the interactions among the causes, and so on. Uh, we hope to sort of put to bed the, the, uh, the discussions about what the problem is and enable people to focus on what the solutions are. So the report has a detailed uh, discussion of causes, uh, actors that exacerbate the causes, the consequences of truth decay, um, some uh, antecedent periods uh, uh, analyzed, um, basically a summary of everything we know about this, this phenomenon. The final chapter, chapter six, is an outline of what we need to know but don't yet know. So essentially research agenda. And RAND is committed to undertaking as much of that research agenda as we can, and we've launched that effort. And so we expect um, some, uh, the stream of additional insights to begin emerging later this summer. Okay, well, as a final question, Michael, and to put you slightly on the spot, obviously this is a long-term uh, exercise in terms of getting people to change their behavior, which is no, 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 no small feat, but if you could point to one relatively straightforward uh, partial rem remedy, obviously not the whole remedy, that, that could be, uh, become a reality in the not-too-distant future, is there anything out there that we can start addressing now rather than in the medium to longer term? Well, I think it's important to return to schools uh, teaching of uh, various aspects of civic education and introducing effective programs of media literacy. Okay, and that would work both in the U.S. and also by extrapolation in this part of the world? It should. Now, you wouldn't necessarily want to apply what works in the United States um, lock, stock, and barrel in mm. another country, but with appropriate adaptations, uh, it should. Okay, we have to leave it there. Michael Ridge, thank you very much for your time. Paul, thank you very much for drawing attention to this phenomenon. Okay.